Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. I am Rob, your host, and with me as always, or most always, Carter. How you doing, Carter? Man, I'm doing great, uh, particularly tonight. What? You're, you're off to a good start? So far, so good. Yeah. Only gonna, only gonna get better? <laughs> I think so, yeah. This is a show I've been wanting to do for a while. Yeah, same. So I'm excited. It's been a long uh, time I didn't speak for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we have two guys here who are joining us, Luis and Leo. Who Can we call them our Four Roses experts? Are you guys okay? Are you comfortable with being... I mean, I, you know, I'd consider myself a novice. A novice? Just, just getting into it. Just getting, getting into <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, that's it. I'm dipping my toes into the water. Yeah, All right. I've well, seen we'll the ask, bottles we have here. I don't <laughs> think so. We'll ask Luis to kind of carry you along and help you out. I'm used to carrying He's got a strong around, back. So. He's got a strong back. You carry him around quite often? Yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm a good well, friend like that. Luis and Leo, thanks for coming on, man. You yeah, guys dude. are... Uh, Cheers. Big Four Roses, guys. Been into it. I'll let you guys tell your stories of what got you into it, but I want to say that... Uh, from my perspective, getting into it here in the Houston market and then kind of going to some other places, whether it be just for traveling for vacation or to see friends or back home, uh, even to Kentucky for that matter, it didn't seem like other parts of the country have the craze that I see here in Houston for for roses. Am I missing something or is that a fair assessment? I would say that... Uh the following for Four Roses has increased exponentially in the last couple of years. So exposure regionally, um, you know, Luis and I are friends with guys from California, Tennessee, um, up the West Coast a little bit further north, and um, it, it can be pretty hard to get a hold of private select releases now. They tend to sell out same day. All over. Yeah. Okay. All over. All over. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was a pick, uh, a Wyoming OBSV that sat around for the show. It was released in 2017. That sat around on the shelves for like four or five years. But once the bourbon craze hit Four Roses, I think they had like maybe four or five cases left. And as soon as the word spread that they had it, I think it sold out in like one or two weeks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd definitely say, you know, just in my experience, when I first got into – bourbon, whiskey, that kind of thing. Uh, Four Roses was a little bit easier to get in different areas, um, but it has definitely spread. Uh, very desirable now. You two guys, tell us a little bit about how you guys got into Four Roses. What 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 was it that, well, what was your whiskey, okay, you ready, journey like, you know? <laughs> um, for me, it started off, uh, I got into Four Roses because of value. Honestly, I got into bourbon a little bit late to the party, maybe around 2017. And by then, Buffalo Trace products were starting to be less readily available on the shelves. I could still, what got me into bourbon was Antique 107. It was something that I could reliably find on the shelves for like $23.99. Yeah. I thought it was killer. You know, the seven-year age statement, 107 proof, like the perfect combination of, of value for me. But pretty soon after I got into bourbon, that became harder and harder to find. And obviously, BTAC at that point was a couple hundred dollars. So for me, it was a little bit unapproachable to get into a new spirit category. I came from mezcal and tequila, which were way, way cheaper, especially at that time, which is creeping up now as well. And then a couple short months afterwards, uh, I found Four Roses and I was blown away by the value, by the quality. And it was still kind of slept on. I think at that time, the private select bottles were only about $50. 
Yeah. Um, and they sat on the shelves for weeks. You know, you could go to Specs and find almost any recipe. Um, really? At that time, like late, early 16 uh, to 18, I feel like they were still pretty rarely available. Wow, okay. Um, so some of the bottles that we picked up at that time at retail have blown up since then and are obviously unattainable. But for me, that's what got me into it. I was new to the category. I was looking for value in a place where people hadn't really discovered it yet. And one of the things that got me really excited about Four Roses was just the variety. You know, yeah. you look at Buffalo Trace, they only have two mash bills. Um, and then obviously they're, they're weeded products. So there's only really three big flavor profiles that you're getting from them. Um, whereas with Four Roses, if I'm feeling something spicy, you know, you got the, the KE strain. If you're looking for something a little bit sweeter and fruitier, you got the V or the O. So I love that there was a certain product for whatever I was feeling at the time. So you only need one whiskey in your house, Four Roses. Covers all your that, that and Dusty's basically <laughs> cover the majority yeah. of uh, everything that I need. How about you, Leo? How did you get into whiskey so, and then four roses? I mean, whiskey in general. I mean, I would say like going back to college, like you know, tailgating for football games. Um, we I'd always reach for Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. Yeah. Um, you know, mixing it first and drinking it. So I think I had an appreciation for bourbon early on, um, and higher proof bourbon. And then uh, with Four Roses, my first memory of Four Roses was visiting my grandmother back home in Gulf Shores, which Matt and I are from Alabama. And I went to an ABC store. It's state controlled. And they had a Four Roses pick sitting on the counter and <clears throat> or on the shelf. And I, I didn't know anything about it, but I gravitated towards higher proof, and it was barrel strength. And I picked it up. And I really just – Felt it was it was a different whiskey that I had drank before in terms of the quality of the whiskey, and from there I just kind of like fell down the rabbit hole, uh, which accelerated when I moved to Houston thanks to some people that were very generous with their knowledge and shared a lot of enthusiasm for the brand, and um, you know I've, I've really, really been in that corner for a long time. I'll, I'll drink a little bit of other stuff from other distilleries and have an appreciation for it, like Dusty's, like Louis said, but Four Roses definitely holds a special place in my heart, not only due to the quality, um, but to some other tra- aspects like transparency, you know, warehouses, tiers, ricks. We're going to get into all that, yeah. especially with Four yeah. Roses and their runs and things. But when you guys keep mention- mentioning Dusty's, I think a lot of people hear that term and, and right away go to uh, wild turkey. That's not necessarily the case, though. Correct? I mean, I've tried some Stitzel Weller at your house before. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the lead to cancer. The lead to cancer. Yeah. You only can yeah. drink one ounce. That's right. <laughs> but a, a Dusty is more related to age, correct? Or, or am I missing? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I mean, uh, the standard bearer for most people, I guess, would be the wild turkey, the 8 one oh ones from back in the day. But uh, I was mentioning earlier, I had a, a old Ezra that was killer from the 70s, which I think was old medley. Yep. A lot of pre-fire Heaven Hill uh, is considered Some old be, granddad. So, yeah, old grand, National Distillery's yeah. old granddad. I picked up a uh, bottle recently. So, so there can be a variety kind of in that dusty category. Yeah. Well, oh, when, yeah. And when you say age, it's uh, when it was distilled in, as opposed to age statement, right? Like how old the whiskey is. So do you – is it? You know, because you think, is a Dusty a moving target? Is, is you know, does it have to be 
15 years ago, 10 years ago? What what kind of qualifies it as a Dusty? Depends on the distillery, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that's the way I look at it. To me, like, with Wild Turkey, and I don't know about you guys, uh, but anything 03 or before has that dusty quality to You're it. You're talking about yeah. when they change their stills and stuff. Yeah. Well, for my opinion, I think it's a little bit further back, maybe like 96 or 97, especially for the 8101s. Okay. Uh, maybe maybe for their older stuff, like the 12 years, you yeah. can go a little bit into the 2000s. So, but yeah, I think they, they changed, uh, they went from four? a cedar tank to stainless tanks, and then they also changed the entry proof a little bit, yeah. which I think kind of changed. I think the they're game. up to 114 now, aren't they, on their entry proof? I think so. Yeah. 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 They used to be a lot lower. And I didn't mean to get off topic there, but... Uh, well, no, it's uh, a good question. People hear people talk about Dusties, and I, I think sometimes, you know, unless you kind of... People know. You think people know, but there might be yeah. people listening who go, what the hell is a Dusty? dusty. Yeah. If, if the turkey's looking at you and it's sitting on the shelf, you better buy it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's always looking at you. Yeah. So when I when I find a product I like, whether it's a wine or a spirit or whatever it is, once I taste something and go, okay, that's pretty good, I kind of want to know the story behind it. And that's what always intrigues me about things. And when I, when I first started looking into Four Roses, I, I thought it's a newer product because, you know, I hadn't seen or heard a lot about it. I grew up, you know, I'm 50-something Grew up back in the day, never even heard of Four Roses. You know, you heard of Jim Beam, you heard of, of mm-hmm. course, of Jack Daniels, Wild Turkey, things like that. So I thought, well, it must be a newer product. But uh, come to find out, it's it's really not. It's got a, an interesting history that it's been around since the mid to late 1800s. Yeah, pre-prohibition. Pre-prohibition. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's another one of those stories where it's a person who started this, like most of these older distilleries are, like a Jim Beam or a Jack Daniels or... Um, yeah, old think, rip from from Turkey and things like that. I think it was Paul Jones. Paul Jones, Paul Jones Jr. Yeah, uh, Paul Jones, eighteen hundreds. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Well, if you've heard Al Young tell a story, does he tell a story of how it got its name? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's yeah. his version of the story? Uh, so I've heard two different versions. He showed up to court. Uh, what would turn out to be his wife and. Had a corsage made of four roses for. Okay, yeah, he had he had sent her a a letter that kind of asking her to. I don't know if it was to be engaged, but would be an odd mm-hmm. way to do to send a note to do that. But I think that's what the story was. Yeah, things uh, were different back then, and she sent a, a note back yeah. saying that if I come with a corsage with four roses. That'll be a yes. If I don't, then that's that's a no. And yeah, so I think the story that they tell in the distillery was very, very similar to that. He approached her and basically proposed to her, and said that if she accepted the offer, they were going to have like it was a governor's ball, yeah, or, some or kind a of big dance, party yeah. or some kind of dance. And if she accepted the offer to come wearing roses, and she showed up to the ball with a, I think it was a corsage or something along the lines of that, yeah. with four roses on it. So. From that, he took that. He, he she accepted his proposal and obviously got really happy about it. And then named the distillery thus. Yeah, yeah. Which is uh, and I didn't know that it started actually in Georgia, and then moved to Tennessee, and then finally got up into Kentucky in in 1884. And it was because of you know taxes and things mm-hmm. like that that kind of drove him to make the decisions that he made. Uh, it was an interesting story to know that it didn't actually start in Kentucky. Well, and then I think he bought the old Frankfurt Distillery, yep. if I remember correctly. He did, and then from there, Seagram's in nineteen forty-three, and that's why you weren't super familiar with it because Seagram's bought it over and decided that 
it wasn't going to make too much money in the United States, so they began as an export-only distillery. Which is weird because I was reading the history of it, and in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, the number one selling bourbon in the United States is Four Roses. Four yeah. Roses. And they took it as the number one, the number one bourbon in the mid fifties, and said, "We're done. Yeah. We're going to get out of this market." We see, the, which uh, really wasn't a bad move because then you get into the seventies, you know, seventeen, eighteen years later, mm-hmm. and you know everybody had to go over to the European yeah, market. Nobody wanted to drink bourbon anymore yeah. because yeah. of the uh, clear, clear spirits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they, so Asian markets just went took off. Yeah, yeah. So I, I thought that was interesting, and then you get into the story of. Uh, them coming back to the States, but not to jump too far ahead. In 1966, you know, we always talk about Wild Turkey and the, mm-hmm. the history of uh, Jimmy being there. But 1966, I didn't realize it was then that Jim Rutledge started with Four Roses. Damn, was that far back? 1966. Yeah, he was, he's he's uh, early 20s. Very steeped in Four Roses lore. Yeah. Wow. So he ended up going to... New York City, I guess, is where they said they had their corporate office. Mm -hmm. And he worked there until 1997 when he wanted to come back to Four Roses in Kentucky, where he was from. And then it was from there that he said he wanted to start pushing to bring Bring it back back to the States. Here we thought we were the experts. I mean, Rob is just... (laughs) He's he's a history buff. No, no, no. I uh, research. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to interrupt and say uh, we got something in our glass. We do. Uh, we should probably just mention what we're drinking right now. Um, we have got a, uh, <laughs> I would say, a pretty legendary uh, pour of Four Roses. We've got a 15-year-old uh, gift shop, OESK. Uh, it's uh, BS734F. We can talk about codes and stuff like that, warehouse codes and stuff later, but... Anyway, pretty legendary stuff that we're drinking right now. It's uh, bottled in 2014, so distilled in 1999. Yeah. 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 Leo, you have, I don't know, Luis, do you have some 15-year-olds like he's has here? Uh, I don't have that one in particular. They also later released a couple of older 14-year-olds uh, okay. or 16-year-olds, the Brent Elliott Select. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got a couple of those stashed away, but no, I, but I've, I think I've put a quite a dent on that bottle over at Leo's house before. This is awesome. Yeah. It's a special uh, bottle for sure. So how common were, you know, 15 year old, I mean, I know, you know, back in the day they had a, a mm-hmm. surplus of whiskey. The craze wasn't there. Uh, but was that a pretty common thing from four roses as well to see 15 year old bottles? No, you tend to only see it for, to mark special occasions. Like for example, this is the grand opening of the Cox Creek gift shop. Uh, okay. And, um, <clears throat> you have the father's day OESV that I brought, which is a, uh, almost a 16 year OESV. And then they just did the grand ceremony for the visitor center, which is a 20 year OBSV. Um, before that, uh, there's a very famous OBSV run that was released out of the gift shop, I believe, in between five and ten barrels. But those were 16 to 17 years. So most of the stuff they release is between 8 to 12 years old. Yeah, that, that was my point. Yeah. Just for me being kind of new to this, I, I had never seen a 15-year-old Four Roses. Which... <clears throat> Luis talked about earlier about the value, and if you if you can pick up one retail, you know Four Roses is producing barrel strength, uh, unfiltered, unchilled picks, 
median age nine to ten years. I, I think it's still an incredible value. And the retail, what, I mean, 90 70, bucks? 75? 75. Yeah. 75. At a small mom and pop shop, maybe 90 to yeah, 100. That's what I figure, 89, 99, something like that. But it's still super quality product if you can find it retail. Um, and, you know, I, we don't, I mean, even on the secondary market, I've discussed it before, uh, you can still find some pretty incredible deals on some stuff that I, I don't know if you haven't gotten into four roses you probably shouldn't explore it at all you probably should good point leo don't talk about uh, yeah don't even think about that in, in fact uh we we probably shouldn't publish this podcast probably should. <laughs> yeah. it's hard enough to find as it yeah, is yeah yeah, yeah. No, but a, you're, like you're saying there's still some good value and especially the hard part for new people getting into four roses is like we were talking about earlier deciphering the codes on the front once mm. you've been experience with a little bit four roses for a while you tend to kind of be able to decode the labels on the front and if you have knowledge of what are the better runs or uh as a community what has been more well received versus others then you can still find some value uh but it's kind of hard now to take a flyer on a bottle as soon as it's released it's 80 dollars retail even if it's the worst rest or worst quote unquote, to me, worst recipe, it's still going to go on secondary for at least double that. So you're looking at $150 minimum to try on secondary four roses bottle that it's always going to be quality, but it may not be exceptional. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard if you don't know what you're getting into to really be able to pick up some good value. So, and when you talk about kind of decoding the label, we're talking about barrel picks. These are special picks done by stores or groups or, or something along mm-hmm. that line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, let's talk because that's where I think the craze is. How much, well, you've recently done one, right? Yeah, I did. And it was an experience. Yeah. I, mean, I want to get into that because that was a, a lot of fun. We did, we picked four barrels over there and, and that was by far uh, the best experience that I had. I was going to say the four roses barrel pig experience is far and away. I've the heard, best it's, barrel away. Pig I've heard it's great. It, it, well, yeah, it, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I, I'd say one thing: if uh, Buffalo Trace didn't, hit, to me this year it was Buffalo Trace because Freddie was like, I mean, that's yeah, like well, that, there that, with us. So, if, well, if I, I will say similar to Al Young. Yeah, if you have the opportunity to pick with Freddie Johnson, that's going to be an experience you'll never forget. Yeah, and see, for that reason, going around with him, seeing the history, mm-hmm. following him, hearing him tell stories, an experience that. Compares to nothing, but then going in to pick the barrel it was awesome that he was there with us. Mm-hmm. But but that, the actual that, selection, it was I had more barrels, fun you know, walking whatever. around with him than I did picking the. Oh barrel. yeah, me too. Yeah. The, the behind the scenes so, tour stuff was way better. way better. Yeah, yeah. Him. But uh, the actual picking experience, yes, that's I, what I'm talking about. I mean, my ranking is Four Roses and Maker's Mark. As far as like actual picking experiences, because I heard, it's like uh, a lab in yeah, Maker's Mark. Maker's Mark is facilities. I've I've seen pictures. It's, Looks beautiful. It oh, is beautiful. It's awesome. Oh, it's stunning. Yeah. Uh, Shahuli did all the. He's a famous glass artist. He did yeah. all the glass. Uh, he did. Over, I didn't realize he did. What's that. in the the yeah. warehouses there? He yeah. did that. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. It's I, beautiful. That's stuff. Just like absolutely what, stunding. That's like when I walked in there, I was like, Luis, I've you been to me the, the museum. Uh, Bill's in, OBSK, please. Oh yeah. Uh, so I've been to the uh, um, Red Wax, the Shahuli, or I'm not sure how to pronounce it. The museum in Seattle, and when we did that Maker's Mark pick, I noticed all that all that glass, and I was like, "Well, I know who this came from." It's a good sound, right? That's there. a good sound. Beautiful yeah. sound. Tight, uh, a tight cork there. Beautiful bottle. 
<laughs> should, should we talk about just like just briefly just kind of just the the standard offerings just well that, you know? that's what i wanted to talk about because i don't think there's as much that's a good point about the four bottles that are on the yeah. shelf every day I, I will say that the standard single barrel obsv 100 proof bourbon by four roses is probably the best value that you can find and walk into any place any liquor store that you can that you can drive up to and it's accessible. Yeah, yeah for not all the a, hype <clears throat> that Wild Turkey Rare Breed gets, I think it's I think it's up there with that. Oh, and, and yeah. it's around the same price point. I think yeah. forty dollars, forty forty five, forty to fifteen Pinoria. Because because yeah. you're looking at what, what's the age statement on just the standard single barrel, roughly eight but years the, between seven eight years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, something like that. That's pretty freaking good for right on the shelf, easy access. That's what she and said. We've had some hundred proof. Shelf bottles at Luis's house that are just not like honey barrels. You know, like if you find yeah. like a store pick that's phenomenal and you have the opportunity to get multiple of them, it can be similar with the Four Roses 100 proof picks as well. Yeah. And that's an advanced pick. Yeah. Well, not even a picks, just 100 proof shelfers. You know, since yeah, they're yeah. single barrels, you they're all going to vary a little sure. bit of flavor. But I've had some that I've blinded him on and blinded some other friends on that they couldn't believe it was just a shelfer. Really? Because of the rich viscosity, the complexity, the depth of flavor. So here's a conversation Carter and I have had. Uh, tell them our theory, or maybe it's just mine. I can't remember if you mm. agreed with me. You know, tier six for barrel proof should be the. The best, you know, because we're, we're talking about flavor. Well, in terms of, I mean, I, I would argue against that. Okay. Recently, there's been a lot of hype. People that are getting into Four Roses now want high proof. Tier 6 is the best. But I would argue that you can find much better barrels at lower tiers. Okay, uh, see, that was my, <clears throat> my, my thought was, and you guys can tell me your thoughts. There is that thought that Tier 6... Because it's not going to be proofed down coming out of the barrel, should be higher proof and have some great flavor to it. The reverse of that would be if you're if you're going to water it down, I want something on tier one or two. Oh yeah, yeah. That doesn't have <clears throat> the angel share going away, which means the amount of water that needs to go in shouldn't be as much. Well, so it should be a better, in theory, a yeah, better flavor. I think it's similar to like Luis and I both appreciate El Tesoro Tequila a lot, and it's distilled to proof. So in that aspect, if you have a tier one OBSV that clocks in at, you know, fifty three percent, it's diluted less to become a hundred proof. Yeah, right. And that's that has been our theory. And actually I think that we've talked about that with wild turkey, because now their barrel entry proof is higher. One fourteen uh, compared to what it used to be. And I don't know if that plays into the the whole like theory thing, but uh, I don't know. Uh, you know the old stuff is so good. <laughs> yeah, so. we thought about looking for like a, a tier, just a standard shelf, the yeah, tier one, under, yeah, tier one, a tier three, and a tier six, and kind of doing a blind and seeing if you thought you know if mm-hmm. you could tell a, a difference. In, in, the only problem, like. the only problem with that though is yeah. like we said, since they're single barrels, you can get a tier one banger yeah. and then get a tier six mediocre barrel, and, and you'll be one. like, okay, the the tier one's obviously better. But then the next time around, you can get a tier six barrel that's a honey barrel. Yeah, you, and the but tier you pass one up on the tier six. Yeah. So you're saying I have to do this like a hundred times? Yes. I- I'll be here for it. I'll be here for it. <laughs> I mean, you could just come to my house and do it a hundred times. But yeah, yeah I-, I feel like all their standard offerings, one of the things that 
going back to the quality, even their yellow label is a standard at most bars. I think it's super solid. So they have four, the four roses. They have the yellow label. They have the small batch. They have the single barrel, which you spent some time talking about. And then they have the newest one, which is the fourth rose, which is the small batch select. And each one is a different combination of the 10 recipes that you can choose from, from the single barrel. So do you know those? Because the only one I know is there's six recipes in the small batch select. Right. I, can't I don't re- know what's in the... So the yellow label has all of them. That's yeah. what I thought. Okay, I wasn't sure about that, but that's what I thought. I think the small batch is either eight or ten. Okay. Um, then the single barrels, obviously, they're all OBSVs, uh, which I think it's slept on, I think, because it is the single barrel standard. But to me... Well, no, rightfully so. People should not pay attention to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, we well, don't reveal anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's the standard single barrel. People should not get excited. Yeah, don't don't, don't worry about OBC. Yeah. Don't get excited about OBC. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you do venture in the world, there are some bangers. And, oh, yeah. and to me, what I love the most about OBSV, the worst one I've ever had is still really, really good. And the best of them are comparable to the best of any other recipe. Whereas I feel some other recipes have a little bit more tendency to have duds in them. There's more variation. Yeah. So do you keep a bottle of each of the four offerings? Uh, are you just like single barrels and then, you know, I like the OBSV, the single barrel, and I like small batch select. That's kind of where I'm at. I, I don't really, I've never owned a bottle of the uh, small batch or the, I call it the yellow label, the mm-hmm. 80 proof. I, I, guess I now would it's say the. Or brown label. Yeah, it's so. changed now. Small batch select, 100 proof, single barrels. Private selection picks and the small batch limited edition is, oh yeah, where yeah. I have the most of yeah. them. Yeah, I mean you make it sound like you just go grab those off the shelf and the small batch limited. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I yeah. always pick those. I, up. I find those everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean to me, to me, like, like the other Louise, ones have their place. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Great mint juleps. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, Luis and I can like we can relate because we 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 both went on a pick together, and we had an OBSF. That was just phenomenal, mm-hmm. just like unbelievable. This story reminded me of the short bottle you have, mm-hmm. short and blind. So, yeah. so, um, so we we all pretty much consensus uh, <laughs> like this this particular pick, but they only had like a few cases of it. You know, it was only going to be like you know like sixty eight bottles. You said, yeah, about. something like that. Yeah, we picked it as our favorite, and then Mandy did the big reveal, and on. Um, when you do a pick of four roses, they have all the barrels laid out for you, but they have these barrel covers, so you can't see the information, so it's truly blind. But once you decide, they pull it off, and each barrel has a fill line of how much whiskey, obviously, is left in the barrel. And this one was, like, all the way to the bottom. And it's like, well, how many bottles is that? And she's like, I can't promise any more than 60 bottles. Yeah. yeah. Which, for an enthusiast, is a dream. Yeah. To have something that exclusive, right? But when you're buying for a store, you have to consider. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 You, you always have to think about that. But uh, but anyway, multiple people had passed on that because we saw. For the same reason. You know, for, for that reason. And she, uh, Mandy, you know, who runs the, the program, you know, there uh, at, at Cox Creek for the single barrels. Uh, she was like, yeah, we're going to just probably pour this into yellow label. I was like, oh, my. It, yeah, it hurts so much. She looked at us. She's like. Yeah, this is probably the third or fourth time this has happened. So this is probably the last time we bring this barrel out, and we're dumping it into Yellow Label tomorrow. Yeah. Well, just, and just dump a 
300 milliliter flask. Right <laughs> yeah. I wish, dude, I would have loved to bring some of that home. That would have been amazing. And I, my response would be, why, why even bring that barrel out? But then you have your story, Leo, of this same kind of thing, but you guys yeah. ended yeah. up taking the barrel. Well, we ended well, up that, picking a pretty damn good one, too. You know, yeah. as a secondary, but yeah. Well, I mean, a store, the, the, uh, I don't want to say the point of a pick, but one, one of the main drives behind doing these picks is to bring customers into the store, right? And, Absolutely. And have the customers try your picks and then possibly love the pick and be able to come back to have try some other, other things. Uh, other yeah. things. Sure. But if you if you only have 60 bottles, you're limiting your exposure to 60 people at most and you know in those picks, most of the people that go on those picks, the store doesn't pay for your travel, they don't pay for your stay, so you're you're kind of paying for that on your own, one for the experience, but two because they also promise you certain bottles of what you're picking. Sure. So uh, most, the the standard, I guess, is to offer you a case of, a, of the barrel that you've picked. It's a good bottle. Um, so that's, that's six bottles. So there's four people there, four to eight people at the pick. If they had offered us six bottles each, that's 24 bottles. We would have taken half of the barrel then. So the yeah. store would have had 30-something bottles to share with their customers. Yeah. So business-wise, it doesn't make sense. But like he's saying, as an enthusiast... That's like that's what you dream of, like a short barrel. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you have one. Oh uh, no! So I wasn't involved in that pick, but, but you I have, have a, the bottle. a bottle that was yes. a short barrel. Correct. Seventy-two bottles only. Seventy-two bottles. Yeah, short and blind. So the guys at Blind Pit Pig, um, Nathan and Aaron, have they're they're kind of like folklore with Four Roses picks especially because of that one. It's short and blind. It's a PS 26.5 eye barrel. <laughs> 72 bottles. The sticker, so you no longer can do stickers. The sticker on that one is just phenomenal. And uh, I, I said, like, when I moved to Houston, my love for Four Roses kind of just blossomed. And one of the one of the reasons that I love this bourbon so much is because of the camaraderie and <clears throat> somebody brian kaiser is a huge four roses fan i know the name yeah and he loves uh and shared his love with me for high proof high tier oesvs obsvs um you know I, I could just hear him right now talking about barrel char notes of cherry etc cetera, etc cetera. and that is one of the runs that you know is really a very famous run across the nation, PS26. And uh, and I'm so, chuckling or chuckled earlier because you just remember that whole code on the front. You know oh, yeah, it. yeah. It's yeah. not that you just know the bottle, the recipe, and who picked it. You know what run, and that sticks in your mind as well. That's, cr- that's amazing, but crazy at the same time. One of, one of the things yeah. Luis talked about earlier is, like, you, you come to recognize, right? So P Warehouse, south side of the warehouse, 26 Rick, fifth tier, barrel position I, and so you'll know that if you find another barrel that's close to that, it might have similar qualities. And they so, can also have huge variations as well. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, I, let's, let's, I haven't gotten that far, but uh, what I do is I actually have, like, notes in my phone, and uh, I take notes, and I'm just like, that run, I need mm-hmm. to look for that run, you know, and, and that... And where do you get that consensus? Where do you get... Is it, like, groups? Is there a Four Roses kind of community that goes, I wouldn't say hey, I, so kind of- I, w- I would say like you find people that have similar palettes right so 
<clears throat> being part of a picking team, you'll have people that you gravitate towards and have common ground with and alignment with. And similarly, there are people that, you know, are across the nation where if he likes something, I know that there's a high probability that I'm really going to enjoy it as well and vice versa. Other enthusiasts may have a different palette, and if he really likes something, I know I probably won't enjoy it because but, there's such a wide spectrum. But there's some runs, tell me if I'm wrong, some runs that that run, you have mentioned some to me, Carter, that is like, okay, this run, get it while you can because everybody like, wants it. They're almost universally loved. JE32-6, yeah. J- J- PS27. PS26. <laughs> yeah. QSOESKs. But, and, and like you were mentioning, one of the things that we going back to the initial conversation of what got me into Four Roses, the community of Four Roses at the time when I started wasn't as clicky or bro-y as like the Buffalo Trace one. I feel like the people that were into Four Roses really loved. They want to share. They the want to share the knowledge. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and even if you <clears throat> find people with different palettes than you, they're still they're still very much wanting to converse about what they're tasting and why they're tasting that way. A good example is uh, a fellow Four Roses lover here in Houston, Wes Ray. He detests basically the, F, the FE strain. And for me, I'm not the biggest fan of the QE strain. And I, I respect this palate that we have a lot of similarities in our choices that we like for other recipes. But when it comes to Fs, for whatever reason, there's something about it that doesn't quite vibe with him. And then so we'll end up trading. Probably the mint. Yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. mint. Uh, so the F uh, recipe can be very minty. And for a lot of people, it can be toothpaste Take a guess. Uh, okay. but, but, for, but for me, like the QE strain is, is very floral and to me can taste very medicinal. So we'll, he'll tell me a bottle's a banger that's a Q recipe and I'll try it. I'm like, eh, it's fine. And I'll, I'll trade yeah. him for it because he has an F recipe that I really, really enjoy. So... But, but again, the, the, the community is a little bit smaller and everybody's willing to kind of share that knowledge. So it's, it, the, the information's out there if you really just want to. Okay, I guess I'm, well, I'm. Most people are willing to share. True. Yeah, some, some are. Well, why anyway. do you both keep looking at Luis? Oh, not, I'm not looking at Luis. We're just looking uh, Probably at. Probably uh, so incredible. Because he's handsome. handsome. That's oh, what okay, I was going to okay. say. Okay. Handsome. That well, makes sense. I mean, like, a, and this is going to be like super humble brag. You just don't notice me looking at you. I apologize. <laughs> I, I kind of felt that you the feel warmth. overlooked. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. <clears throat> if he if he grabs your ass, then I mean, you know. I, I did tell you get a handful. <laughs> yeah, walk through the door. Yeah, nice. But like when when we do, because I've in the past three years done picks at Four Roses. Yes, that's a humble brag. Just but, keep rubbing uh, it in. But, keep rubbing um, it in. When he I, does this like on every podcast. <laughs> like, no, I'm gonna make a sound or just go hold on, like, and then I'll hit. I've been it there so you. many times, <laughs> but like I make notes of all the the picks that I like on our sheet that we get, and mm-hmm. I'll say, okay, ah, that's an O OBSF that that is pretty freaking good, you know that like. For instance, the one which I got burnt really hard on the one that we uh, we selected because I got a couple of picks. Uh, I've, I found a couple of picks secondary on the, the the OBSF from our year, and they were terrible. Yeah, it's like nothing well, can the, replicate that. That's the honey barrel. Yeah, exactly. So so that doesn't always hold true. But like for instance, I remember us really liking this uh, OBSQ run uh, from last year, and which I had steered. Very clear of cues before that. Me too. Yeah. I hate cues. 
generally speaking. Hated. Past Hated. Games. You're not it's, alone. And I generally don't like Fs. Um, yeah. But well, we're, we're talking a lot of lingo here. Yeah, why, we should probably clear we, the air on that. Yeah, why don't we go ahead and you two guys break down kind of the the recipes, the yeast strains, and uh, kind of how it all works. What's the code? The simple code. I know it's on the tag for people it, who are listening. You go to the store. You're going to hear all this, but just know <laughs> there's a neck tag that's on. Well, the, the, I'll, I'll take care of the easy part. As, as Luis said, he does the heavy, heavy lifting. So <laughs> O is fruity. Well, no, no, no. The first O. Oh, so O stands original, for old, original. Yeah, old, old apprentice. Yeah, old which apprentice. is the what the old distillery was called. And S is for straight bourbon. Straight bourbon, and then uh, the B, other B two letters e are B rye. and E. Yeah, so the, it talks about the mash bill. So we have two mash bills, and then five yeast strains, and that's how you get ten total recipes. The two uh, mash bills are a high rye, which is the B. Uh, and it stands for bold. It's going to be thirty-five percent rye or, or balls. And then, <laughs> and then so it's got the spice. And then it does got the spice. And then the E mash bill is is easy, and, and that's a twenty percent uh, rye, which so, is still a high, which rye. is still a fairly high rye for bourbon. Correct, and especially since some people are using wheat, so that's why you always get to me a good balance in in the four roses. And then you have your five yeast strains. So. Uh, Alphabetically, you have F, which can be your minty yeast strain. Then you have uh, K, which is traditionally your spicier yeast strain. Then you have Q, or O, I guess, before uh, yeah, O before Q. O is, o is your fruitier, your bold fruit. Q is your floral. And then you'll have V, which is light fruit and more of a creamy. This is where you, we plug that Luis is a teacher, and that's why he knows alphabetical order. <laughs> yeah, I was <laughs> impressed. By it. Yeah. I would have just struggled trying to remember them all, let alone put them in order like that. Like, I've been singing ABCs with my daughter. She's two, so maybe I could take a stab at it as well. But <laughs> Luis has got more experience. But uh, if, you, if you forget, one of the cool parts about the private select barrels is that they have these neck tags on them. And if you look at the very, very back, it, it describes what all the yeast strains are. It describes what each one is. What the so, listeners don't know is that we blindfolded Luis, so he wasn't looking at the neck tag when he did that just now. Yeah. Well, let's see how I did. Oh, I crushed it for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it, it describes everything. It tells you exactly traditionally what that yeast strain and what that mash bill provides. But what, some, what I love about Four Roses is that sometimes you get some off-profile weird barrels. Uh, there's a famous OBSV called Delicious, like D-I-L-L. Such a good one. Because it's just super heavy on the dill notes. Really? Is, you know, traditionally MGP rides can be a little bit dilly. Um, but this OBSV, for whatever reason, like the dill note was very prominent. So it, it had like a savory note to kind of go along with the spiciness, which made it very unique. And, you know, if, you, if you're not into dill, obviously you probably wouldn't like it. But right. it, it made it very unique and very interesting and very I like fun dill, to drink. So think, uh, my wife's Russian. It's in every dish. <laughs> that, that was <laughs> also kind of a dirty word these days. That was also a lock and key pick, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, so certain stores, similar to Blind Pig, Lock and Key, Bill's Package Store. In Clarksville, Tennessee, um, Ryan's Liquor. Ryan's Liquor, uh, obviously. Shout out. <laughs> can, can can be, uh, you know, if you get one of their picks, you know it's going to be head and shoulders above. Uh, oh, your, yeah. your money's well spent. Yeah, no picks are bad, but you can trust the people at those stores because they're sending a consistent pick team that has experience picking those barrels. Yeah. I so, mean, that, that's the thing about, you know, we, we've talked about Specs, a big local local uh, liquor store 
here in Houston, Which, but it, all it's over crazy Texas. that Blind Pig hasn't gotten a Fort Rose's pick recently. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh, well, unfortunately, the reason why is because they they Four Roses before in the before times when nobody cared about bourbon, they were trying to get picks out to anybody who would want to pick, right? But as the bourbon market started booming, they're now requiring the store to sell a certain amount of their base products. Oh, really? Right. So if you're not selling enough yellow label, if you're not selling enough small batch, if you're not selling enough small batch select, if you're not selling enough single barrel by volume, they're not going to offer you a pick. Even if you've had years and years of relationship, even if you're notorious well, for picking money. I mean, barrels. the relationship still means a lot. So I know that, you know, the the reps, which, which we have a great rep in Houston, if there's a store like Blind Pig that has a history, you know, they can allocate picks. As well. do, do the reps control who get to have a pick and who don't? Or is it the distillery and the relationship with the, the store? I think the reps have a, a, a big hand in it. Oh, they do. Um, they have a lot of power. They do. Okay. But they're, they're not obviously in direct control. But I know for a fact that their market volume sales for the regular standard so shelf products how does is that, important. How does that work when I see like a, a group like Houston Bourbon Society or – I don't know that Bourbon Hounds have ever done a Four Roses pick, but I've seen other groups do a pick. So. How does a group get – they still have to go through a store, and is it the store being polite and saying, we're going to let you have yeah. this barrel, but you're going to sell mm-hmm. it through our store? Yeah, unfortunately, because of the three-tier system, you have to go through a distributor, a distributor and, a and a store. So you as, a, as an entity, as a, as a group of people, you can't go directly to Four Roses and buy a barrel. Right. You have to buy through a store, and the store get, has to get a – through a distributor, and then finally they can sell a retail to you. But, so for the Houston Whiskey Social, a lot of times uh, they'll go through uh, Village Liquor, they'll go through uh, uh, sometimes Rice or whoever. Uh, and, and the, the social stores. gets allocated because it's charitable. Right. Sure. Yeah. But my, my, my question would be is like, uh, well, say we wanted to pick and we wanted to run it for us through Food, Wine, and Whiskey. And we had a store that said, hey, you can run it through my store. Does the store have to give up the pick that they're allocated, or do you have to go to the rep and go, hey, can we get a pick for us, and he, well, he or she makes that call? I, I think you would – it wouldn't be the rep. Uh, I know that certain distilleries do award charity bottle, charity barrels, and so if you pick an organization that you're going to donate to, uh, you may be awarded a barrel that way, and you can choose which retailer to go through. Okay. Right, so you reach out through Four Roses – and you let them know, hey, we want to get a barrel for this charity. You explain to them what the charity is all about. And if they deem it a worthy cause, then they can allocate you a barrel. Okay. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. All right. So every time somebody hears us talking about one of the bottles or whatever might come up and we're OB, OE, whatever, SKSV, yeah. uh, now they kind of have an idea that we're talking about the particular <laughs> recipe that was uh, that particular bottle, that barrel. Um, now let's get into the geeky, nerdy part of this. And this might, uh, listeners, uh, you know, have a, have, a, have a pour ready and just <laughs> try to keep up because this, I, I still don't know this yet. And it's amazing to me that how many of you guys well, That's why I try to say that I consider myself a novice because there's people that have such a head start and it's almost like a walking encyclopedia, the knowledge that they can share, you know. Yeah, I feel like me and Leo kind of got started at the same time. So we have a lot of knowledge over the newer picks, like everything released after 
2017, we were, mm-hmm. I don't want to say a part of, because we didn't do a lot of the picks, but, you know, we've, we've experienced them through trades, through drinking with other Four Roses lovers. So all the newer stuff we're a little bit more familiar with. But, I mean, they started releasing single barrel picks in, like, what, 2009, 2010? Yeah, I think 2009 was the first. The first one. Release, so, yeah. so people like, uh, you know, Lauren Simpson uh, out in Nashville or in Clarksville. I mean, may have picked the most Four Roses barrels in history. Ever, yeah. He's like oh, a, really? He's like the, the godfather of, yeah. of Four Roses. When we talk about camaraderie, I mean, somebody that's been involved in the brand and shared the enthusiasm for that long, <clears throat> people like that welcome people that are just new to it and, sh- you know, just openly share that passion and give them that knowledge. And so, like I said, him and Brian Kaiser, I a lot of credit for for the, the love that I have for it. Yeah. And so, if you ever have a question, you, you just reach out, and like he said, they're really excited to talk to you about it and kind of share that wealth of information with you. It, it, when, you when you talk about that, you know, obviously they need to find them on Facebook or whatever their social media might be, might be but is there, you know, I know we have Bourbon. Ca- carrier Pigeon. Carrier Pigeon, carrier pigeon. that would work. Telegram. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah send uh, a raven. Yeah. <laughs> um, is, is there a public group? I know there's some private Four Roses groups that are specific. Are there public groups uh, for people who just oh, yeah, know, yeah, for don't sure. know a lot, but I want to start learning? Four Roses Mellow Moments oh, is probably the Is that public? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that probably the best it's one? Huge membership. Um, one of the guys that does a lot of work with it, Andrew Bacon, has a lot of knowledge. Another very generous person about sharing his enthusiasm for it. Um, he does a really great job. Is and Run for the Roses still around? That's a uh, Derby. I th- there was another. <laughs> there was another. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Not as much anymore. Um, that was also pretty active when I first got started. And those were kind of the, the four rose mellow moments, and then run for the roses okay. were my like the two sources of of, re, of re, or the two resources that I would, could kind of go hit up the group, be like, "Hey, what do you guys think about this?" And like you mentioned, every everybody just everybody's excited about four roses. Everybody's excited that you're into four roses, and they just want to. Well, in addition to that, the cool thing about four roses and mellow moments is when new people get excited about it, and they're like, "Hey, I'm trying to complete my first ten recipes." Ten recipes. Yeah. There's people that have been in it for a while, and they're like, "Hey, which recipe do you need?" And they'll help that person complete the ten recipes at a reasonable cost compared to secondary because. They've been I remember the first time I, I remember OBSK was the last recipe that I needed. And somebody very generous helped me get a bottle of OBSK. And I mean, I was just like, I've got all 10 recipes now. You know, it was a proud moment for me. Which is very yeah. cool. And you bring up a great point because, you know, um, I respect getting the 10 recipes mm-hmm. a lot more than I respect getting the horsies. <laughs> oh yeah, well, yeah. goes without so, saying without saying but i i love because you're right when i first kind of got i don't want to say suckered in but i got sucked into i love four roses and mm-hmm. i want to get these picks that was my first goal was trying to get all 10 recipes and yeah. I, I got them all i don't have it twice so i'm getting a couple bottles that are getting kind of low and i'm afraid to drink them because i'm like i'm like i'm not going to have my recipes anymore you know um, it's so funny you said that because i'm you know, I have. You've so got good friends that could help. True. Yeah. But I mean, even you, 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 you're down to your last OESO, right? I've, so recently, I um, organized my Four Roses by recipe, and surprisingly, 
kind of not surprisingly. I'm not a big OESO fan compared to how popular it is now. I only have two bottles of it. Really? Yeah. And lots of bottles of other recipes that aren't as popular right now. Yeah. OB, uh, OBSV. No, nah, that one's... <laughs> that so one's for, trash. Don't and for me, it. it's like, don't you know, I don't, I don't necessarily love the Q strain. So I think I'm down to like, like you said, like maybe yeah. the last 30% of Jackson's my OESQ. Though. And I'm not, I don't know if I'm going to get another one because I haven't found one that I've truly, truly loved. And but I at the same time being the four one of the four roses guys I feel like I have to have all ten recipes uh, yeah all the time right yeah yeah I, I was lucky enough to get two of the total wine OESK or OESQ mm-hmm. and the OBSQ the OBS uh, I think it was the E barrel was yeah. really good yeah that's 60. a good that's I haven't opened yeah. I opened the o, which one did I open that you R's twenty four sixty you opened the OESQ from total okay wine. <laughs> I got two of each. two total wines there's the yeah. E that was released in Houston. And, and the B that was released now. in Houston. Both of them. Right, no, but there's another. There was two Total Wines OBSQs. Oh, RS2460s. two different runs. Yeah. Same run. Same run. Different barrels. Different barrels. Different oh, so one was an E, yeah. the other one was, was a U? Mm, I'm not sure. You may be right. I don't know if this is. Go ahead. No, uh, okay. So when it comes down to favorite recipes, though, you guys got to have your favorite, right? Like. And, and obviously, there's going to be oddball or like they're going to be unique barrels from, you know, recipes that maybe don't particularly like that 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 are going to be really yeah. good. But where do you tend to lie? I, I think mine's pretty obvious because I, I keep trying to downplay it. But barrel strength OBSV for me, we said earlier, the worst is going to be very good, and the best can be pretty stellar. Agreed. I think he, he started talking first because he knew I was going to say the same thing. Oh, okay. So, so he, o, OBSV, yeah, he, he stole my answer. Yeah, um, cool. no, o, OBS, He went over the top yeah. on you. OBSV is absolutely my favorite recipe. It, it's and been which, that way for Which forever. has started to catch on recently, not, not at a high level, but with some enthusiasts. Yeah, and, and it was like, like I said, it was slept on for the longest time because it is the most common. And it's, you know, every single barrel, non-private select is an OBSV. They're standard. Uh, single barrels and OBSV, so it, it's very consistent. So I feel like it got slept on for a while. But the the most special, the newest release, the when they opened up the new uh, distillery, or when they redid the whole uh, mm-hmm. the gift shop, or what's it called the the visitor, visitor center. center. Yeah, when they re- <coughs> they just released Which a twenty year. We've got the box right there to your left. Yeah, they released thirteen barrels. Was it that many? Um, I'm not sure how many, but. I think they released 13 yeah. barrels of 20-year uh, OBSV. OBSV tends to be a recipe that ages very well. Really? Yeah. Right. And uh, so the probably the from newer Foros people, the most beloved uh, limited edition was the 2019. That's the consensus in the that community one. that people think that's the best one. Okay. And to me, one of the reasons that's the best one is because that has – I think some 19 or 20 year OBSV inside it. Oh, wow. Um, and I think it really, really brings out like yeah. beautiful traditional bourbon notes, but also has this like rich complexity and it really helps on the finish. So it's my favorite recipe. And it, when I saw we, that, we've been talking a lot OBSV. about private selections, but to Luisa's point, you know, we'd be kind of swinging a miss if we didn't talk about the small batch limited editions. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, Which, but finish with your favorite recipe. Before oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, 
Uh, OESQ. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, OBSV is actually my favorite recipe. All so. three of you like the same one? Yeah, I guess. Okay, you guys can chuckle because you're Great the enthusiast. Lives. You want to know my favorite recipe? I, I'm going to tell you. Well, we don't have to chuckle. You will, though. You might. You might be like, dumbass. <laughs> what is it? OBSK. So that is not a trouble. very well respected. <laughs> That's my favorite. So recipe. I love this is a OBSK the the bills or that Matt and I are sharing right now having the same too. And this is the first time that I went to Lauren's event. He does a charity event for uh, special ops excursions socks. Uh, it's for special forces soldiers when they come back from active deployment. It gives them an opportunity to go on, like, excursions with their family and kind of have, like, a break between active duty and transitioning back into real life. And so it's something that is very special to me. But the first time I went to his event, I had this bottle, and it's one of the most well-balanced bourbons I've ever drank, and it's an OBSK. It's really oh, okay. Good. So you should try this one. I, I will. I'm it's balanced but bold. Yeah, <laughs> very bold. Well, but that's kind of that recipe, yeah, right? Balls. Full yeah, body kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, small batch limited edition. I well, think. I, I don't want to. I want to finish on that if we can, because that's okay, kind of yeah, if yeah. that's all right. OBSK kinda, is the. I, I feel like it's it's the strongest recipe in terms of spice, boldness, character, and kind for of encompassing everything. High rye, not kind of putting okay. you in a lane. Kind of is a, a wow factor on your palate. Well, is and that... it's it's the high rye, so you're already getting that spice, yeah. and then it's the ke strain, so you're getting even more of that spice. Yeah. For the longest time, the OBSKs and OESOs were the rarest recipe. Like, oh, really? Yeah. Like Leo yeah. mentioned, for him, that was the last one to complete his his ten. Yeah, the OBSK. Yeah. See, to your point, I've heard recently that OESO and OBSO are kind of the if you have one of those in mm-hmm. your offerings, you know. Pick OBSO traditionally has been pretty rare. Yeah, for the but for the last two years, we've seen kind of a glut of both of those recipes. Yeah, yeah. the the PN twenty nine and thirty one uh, OBSOs. Before that, the LW thirty forty seven. Um, and MW is mm-hmm. on the uh, OESOs. OESO. Yeah, the MW. They kind of put OESO on the map for for a lot of people for recent yeah. times. Well, yeah, I know we kind of mentioned it, but I'd like to talk more about. The experience, and, and sorry, Leo, of going to Four Roses it's okay. and Mandy. I mean, I, and, I've come to grips with the fact that I'm just never going to pick up yeah, Four yeah, Roses. Yeah, uh, he already has a pick lined up, don't he? Oh, I'm sure he does. But that experience, I think, you know, giving them some love and, and talking about what you get to do. Because if you ever have the opportunity to do it, jump on it. I don't care what kind of hoops you have to jump through to make it I mean, happen I don't know in your personal if somebody, life. If somebody offered it. The experience to me, I don't, I don't know if I would take him up on it. You know? Okay, well, we'll we'll test that theory. <laughs> we'll test that yeah, theory. You, you think you just pass? And when that moment happens, I need you to call me up and tell him that spot's mine. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah. I'm dying to go back. Oh uh, my gosh, it, it's absolutely the best experience. I can't, I can't imagine. I, I would enjoy it if we had the opportunity to go together. That would be pretty. That cool. would be the best. Yeah. I can't even imagine what it'd be like to go with Al Young though. So for the longest time, it was Mandy and Al Young together. Rest in peace. Um, he was the brand ambassador, for those of you that don't know who Al Young was. He was the brand ambassador for 40 years? Something like that. Uh, yeah. For, for the longest time, and he was like the senior brand ambassador, kind of the face of Four Roses in, in most markets, and just an amazing, high-quality human being. Um, I met him once in person in like 
the memories are very vivid. Like I remember him talking about picks and being like, I have the same thing for breakfast, eggs, hot sauce, bacon. I go into the bathroom right before the picks, swash with the mouthwash, and him talking about that's why he wanted to find the mint finish in the small batch limited edition that they did for him. It's, ah. it's talking about it's talking about how Brent Elliott he said that Brent worked very hard to find exactly what Al was looking for in the finish. That's crazy. And he's yeah. talking about the the Al Young limited edition that was released fiftieth yeah the fiftieth yeah. anniversary of his employment. Um, yeah, so I guess fiftieth anniversary of his yeah. employment. So he was there for over fifty years, and he passed away last year, I believe, two years ago. Wasn't two years yeah. ago, in yeah. 20. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's twenty twenty two now. Yeah. The pandemic yeah, time flies. Yeah, crazy. Uh, I got to meet him at he when the fourth <coughs> rose. Yeah, the small batch select was released. Poison Girl, the cathedral. The cathedral. Yeah. If I mean, those gotta of, give a shout. Those out of you listening, oh, if, yeah. you, if you've never been to uh, Poison Girl, don't go. Yeah, but, if, but don't, if you, definitely don't go. But if you do venture over there, you'll you'll find the best. I mean, whiskey bar is not in there Houston. anymore. So. Um, and he did an event there and. We were lucky enough that, you know, at that time, the bourbon craze hadn't totally blown up yet. So I got to sit at the bar with Al Young and, and my wife for about, like, three hours and just, just three talked. Three hours? Yeah, just talked roses and just kept feeding him drinks, and uh, he just kept that's, telling me more stories. That's where you got all your knowledge. That, 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 that was an amazing night where I did get a little bit of my knowledge. Yeah. But he's, he's an amazing human being, so to be able to do a pick with him, I can't even imagine what that's like, but talking about mm-hmm. the picks now, it's still incredible. Uh, Mandy Vance uh, is in charge of, She's awesome. of doing the picks. She's a great human being, and unlike some other experiences, uh, you know, we, we did a pick the day after Four Roses where the person basically was like, um, you guys have uh, 52 minutes to do your pick. Do whatever you want, and then let me know what you pick. Uh, compare can that, I guess where that was? Uh, you can. Heaven Hill. Yeah. Oh, um, come on. So going, going, going from that, going from the experience at Four Roses, where they kind of roll out the red carpet for you. Um, Mandy Vance. Well, e- does. even recently they did. Uh, if you're part of the official Mellow Moments group, they did a lottery and selected, I believe, 15 people to go do a pick with Brent Elliott and Mandy. And they did a Microsoft Teams. You could watch it, right? Really? So yeah, yeah. It was like last week. I watched these people do a pick and go through the process, and they roll out the red carpet. Yeah. So they do. Uh, unlike other distilleries, they only do two picks a day. They do one. Oh, the, really? They do one in the morning, and then uh, <laughs> one in the afternoon. And Mandy is there with the little cheat sheet. She knows what barrels are what, but she does the tasting blind with you. Yeah, And she won't tell you what's what, but she's absolutely willing to talk tasting notes, kind of bounce ideas off of you, and really just, just she, for, the, for our pick when we were there uh, for Ryan's, she was, our, she was our yes man the whole time. Like everything is like, hey, can we try that again? How do you feel about this? Everything was the only no we got that day was like, hey, can we have two barrels? Yeah, <laughs> and she was like, ah, sorry, you're here for because well, you wanted that short barrel, wanted that and, short the, barrel yeah. and another barrel. Yeah. So she said, she said no to that, but other than that, it like I said, you 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 show up and they have first of all the place is, is beautiful. Um, they have for us they rolled out uh, ten barrels. Um, depend- and talk talk about that because we also got ten barrels, but. You may not always get 10 barrels. And if you have 10 barrels, then you know 
all 10 recipes because they don't duplicate recipes. Is that, is that what I understand? That's normally the case. Sometimes I think, I, I think there's been instances where they've had duplicated uh, the recipe. Oh, they have. I think there are some instances where they'll bring out multiples. And then obviously they also do uh, single barrel, the, the OBSV. So okay. where you'll have, well, you're tasting through only OBSVs and they'll pull out several. Oh, barrels really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that, Carter. I don't think they do OBSV single barrels anymore, though. I think that, yeah, you're right. I think they stopped that program. Well, Hunter Proofers, yeah. Hunter yeah. Proofers, yeah. yeah. They did stop it because I got one it's of the last pick yeah. from, what's the Mississippi? Mysanos. Mysanos, yeah. yeah, I got yeah. one of their. Yeah, I got one. Yeah, so you show up and they'll have anywhere from six to ten barrels. So um, they do go as low as six. Right. And if they have six more often than not, you're not having any O's and you're probably not having any K's because those are the, the rarest recipes. So when you have six barrels, there's a good chance that you're getting OESQ, OBSQ, uh, OBSV, OESB, and then OESF, OBSF. I do want to say that even six barrels to me is, is really lot. good. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, we did the two other picks that we did was uh, Heaven Hill and Buffalo Trace, and each of those three, three barrels. Yeah, that's a standard. Uh, obviously, it was a science project at uh, I thought we got four at Maker's at Buffalo Trace. No, we only got three. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty standard. But but they they you're only there for like an hour. So three barrels in an hour is pretty common. But at Four Roses, our first when when I went with Ryan's, we were there for like three hours. Well, that must be why they do two a day because they give you the morning and then they give you the afternoon. Because she was like, no rush. Guys, right. take your time. Come back through the line twice. Some people, rookies, screwed up, didn't know which ones were which on the, you know, they give you that tray with all 10 glasses. <laughs> oh, yeah. and I'm getting called somebody, out. Somebody, oh, was that you? <laughs> well, you would have you you a rookie since you've been there so many times. Three times he's done it. This was his third time. <laughs> and Mandy was like, who's this fucker? <laughs> she was like, I'll pour your pours, okay? Like, like he, let me do that He for looks you. familiar. He shouldn't know the process. Yeah, I know. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, you know, like, uh, t- to your point, you know, the year before, well, like, not this year, but the year we picked the OBSO, um, you know, we spent a lot of time delineated on the, on, like, what we were going to choose and all that kind of stuff. Like, I remember the night before, because Wade Wooder was on the pick the, this year, and he's like, we'll be out of there in 30 minutes. And I was like, are you nuts? Like, no, no, we won't. <laughs> Yeah, I I was shocked too that he said that because I'm like ten bourbons. I mean, it's going to take me, you know, I, one I like to drink them two sips. You know, I, yeah. First, the first sip is kind of, and then to me, give it a few minutes. But well, plus, I mean, just the nose. I, I like to go nose palate finish, then revisit. Just the well, nose, ten bourbons is thirty minutes. Well, and the other part of that was yeah. for me. I wanted to soak it in. I wanted yeah, to drag so it out as yeah. long as I could. Yeah. I mean, wait for uh, so many picks. Yeah, he's that. like, yeah, this one, let's go next. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, hold on, wait. Um, but, you know, for the setup, it's not like, you know, it's not like Maker's Mark where you're in this beautiful room and it's got all these picks. You know, every pick that was ever done at Maker's yeah. Mark is on the wall. Um, it's, <laughs> it's not like that. Cool. <laughs> but it's, it's more of that... Uh, it's it's to me I kind of equated to like being in uh, a really f- famous chef's home kitchen, not mm-hmm. his restaurant yeah. kitchen. Yeah. You know, this is really where stuff happens. Yeah, because the barrels are there. You see the barrels. all ten barrels, know, like, and it's but they really do a good job of that setup I was talking about with your own kind of placemat, ten glasses. 
you know, well, set up really nice. Well, this year they had that Lazy Susan with, that was really cool. Like, did you guys I, not have that? We no. did not have that. Oh. Uh, and we were drinking out of plastic cups. Man, I wonder what Leo's going to get. Oh, he's going mean, to get I'll be lucky well, if they, they just switched glasses, too. They'll, they'll probably have me sitting outside the place on, like, a stool. Won't let me in there. <laughs> like the, the black sheep. Like the black sheep. Good. I mean, the black sheep of bourbon. You'll, you'll have the uh, gold Glencairn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it, but it really is cool to you to what you mentioned, uh, Luis, is that all ten barrels are lined up on the wall, and it's really cool that you know they don't have these pre poured for you or anything. You get to now get lined up and go through, and they have that thief, and and they give each of you a sample. You go back, you yeah. put that barrel on position one, two, three, all the way through ten, and then once you get all your glasses set, then they go. Go. Well, you're you supposed know. to, but you know sometimes they can get mixed we, up. They, if you're a rookie, yeah, yeah. if you've I, not I, done it before, I tried to hold this hand. <laughs> <laughs> I think somebody was excited. It's not hey, color coded. It's, it's hard not to be. It's hey, hard yeah. not to be. You, you get in there, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really is uh, as far as an experience picking bourbons. I don't have a lot of them, but of the ones we did, and we did it, you know, some pretty good distilleries that yeah. day. That was. By far, not I mean even the trip close. that you guys went on. I mean, there's people that you know appreciate bourbon for a long time and don't get to take. Is that right? Don't get to take part in that type of trip. So, wow, it's a very special experience for you. It really was, but yeah. that was my favorite as, 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 from purely picking a bourbon. Yeah. That was that was by far my favorite. Well, from experience. the moment you you meet up at the bottling facility in Cox Creek, yeah, and you show up and you're you're waiting, and then they finally you walk, they open the gates for you. Yep. It creaks. Well, and I put. And then I mean, you, you walk down into the, their little lab. They have the whole setup like a. This kind guy. Of like a, this guy. He's just rubbing it in. Well, and I, I, put, <laughs> the drone, in the I put the drone put salt in the wind. And I flew around and got some good drone footage of Maybe everything. Maybe you should, you know, edit that out. Why? What are they going to do now? Yeah, I guess nothing. nothing. <laughs> hey, I have my license to fly it from the FAA. Yeah, so I, I understand. Yeah. But then you said you, you walk into the to the building and they have the whole ten barrels lined up and they have uh, they have all the swag they they have you yeah. know the, the four roses branded pen they have a little leather bound notebook Book. for you to write down all your notes you get all the Glencairns and they recently just switched from Glencairns to what these look like the small shot Tweisel glasses what uh, is that yeah I've got a little those are amazing what is it so uh, the I don't know if they're the that, that brand, but uh, Schatz Weissel. It's a whiskey sniffer with a much wider base. Similar to this or wider than that? It, it, uh, yeah, I think it's similar to that. Wider and deeper. It would be like wider and deeper. Cut, cut the bottom, the little. And go in the width, it runs longer. Yeah, but the, I like this style of glass yeah. quite, a, quite a lot. So, yeah. Oh, that's see cool. Those, yeah, and it says private barrel select on it. So, you know, you get to take well, that hold home it with up you. The so on top of all the swag, yeah. they, they, they give you a little, you know, memento of your trip. So, they're, they're really big on not just leaving there with a great barrel. They're really big about you leaving there with an amazing experience. Which I think is a great point because you're exactly right. Uh, getting to bring those things home I thought was fantastic. We didn't get that anywhere else. No, 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 no. Well, I've had, uh, I, I still only have one private barrel select, Glencairn. Stop breaking them. <laughs> no comment. Okay. <laughs> I got two. I, I got mine, and I go, Mandy, do you, do you have any more of these? She goes, here, you want another one? And then we got You're down the road, and he's like, 
You got two of those? I go, yeah, just ask Mandy. No, I'm just thinking about the one that Sandra broke. Hey, that's you and her. You guys (laughs) talk about it. Maybe maybe get her on a barrel hook and then make her give you You can have hers. Damn. (laughs) That's my prized possession. But you're right. I mean, you go to other distilleries and, you know, instead of getting a a branded penny lug, you get a golf pencil and some sticky notes. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then you're, you're drinking out of a weak lane care, and they're like, oh, do we get to keep this? And they're like, no, they're, we got to wash these for the next group. Yeah. And it's like, I'm about to spend, you know, or the store is about to spend ten dollars to $12,000 on a barrel, and you're going to give me, like, a little tiny golf pencil and some notepad? Yeah. Like, the worst place to pick a barrel is Heaven Hill. Oh, I mean, oh man, awful. just blast it <laughs> yeah. right now. Oh, I'm going to blast them. I'll hey, continue yeah, blasting them. You can talk to me talk about I hear, I hear it's a really good experience. I look forward to having the opportunity one day. <laughs> I may edit Great. that out, but uh, that was a little tangent on my part. But, yeah, it's yeah. okay. It's okay. Just don't let my video out after that. I will give some love to, uh, to uh, Heaven Hill. They have a fantastic gift shop. They really do. They have some and really good prices. Yeah, for hats and T-shirts and things like that. I thought they were fantastic for not having any grenades or giving us any special bottles to be able to buy. I thought they sucked again. <laughs> yeah, we didn't get to buy nothing. Yeah, we couldn't even get one of the special pours. They wouldn't let us have one. Nothing. Yeah, that's bad. I don't know if you can. Was tell it still I under construction? I won't. No. I won't tell. Oh, it was all done. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell your story because yeah. it's also not good. <laughs> is it Heaven Hill related? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anyway, this is four rows. Yeah, yeah. We're talking four rows. <laughs> we might need to take that out. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Uh, but, <laughs> but, anyway, I mean, one one thing I like about four roses is is there something you like there. Well, there's a lot of things that I like, oh, but okay. uh, one thing that stands out in particular is I think it's one of the most unique bourbons out there. Yeah. Um, I feel we like... We have a pretty the, unique one on the tables. Hand me that PS26 5i. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right away. We'll cap it <laughs> off with that. Yeah, but like what, I, what I'm trying to say is... How do like, you know that? He knows. Because we're nerds. Yeah. He knows. But but the flavor profile of Four Roses, just in general, to me, is very unique. Like in, in but there's I, so many flavor profiles. There are, but in general, I mean, in Four Roses, which yeah, is oh, I, I agree. But in oh, general, well, even within recipe, there's a lot of yeah variation. Oh yeah, between runs and tea. Because to be fair, you can you guys have kind of mentioned it. You can get a bad bottle of something, you, or a bad barrel of something that ends up being a bad bottle of a, a single barrel pick. You know, the nose really isn't very good on this. I mean, it's actually terrible. How would you How would you describe it? I would describe it as uh, euphoric. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is a, a treat to, to get a pour of this. Thank you, Leo. For those of you that aren't nerds and don't know what the recipe like, is, we're uh, tasting the uh, short and blind from the blind pig. 26 that, of 72. I, um, it took me five years to get this bottle. Did it really? When did this yeah. come out? Um, there's no bottle date on it, but PS26 would have been like 2018. Mm-hmm. Fifth tier would have been later on in the run. Um, wow. So it was either 17 or 18, I think. I was searching for this bottle for probably five years before I got it. I get like cherry with bubble gum. That's a good describing. Uh, that's a good way to describe it. Mm. Also get a lot of the um, nice sweet oak notes on it. Wow, that is 
And I mean, I really like that nose. That is mm-hmm. really. Just to finish up on the on the the picking part of it, if you ever get the opportunity to do it, absolutely do it. And if you're able to go and get all ten barrels, you know, my first time, so that's kind of my standard. When I go back uh, again, now you have to have all ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like Mandy. Where's the other three Ruins. barrels? I'm, yeah. I'm short yeah. here. Yeah, but no, sure. that was quite a treat. And uh, if you ever get the chance, I'd say jump on it. Don't don't yeah. uh, don't don't think about it. Don't see if you can work it out. If, if somebody you're offers thinking you about it, just call me. Yeah, take out a second mortgage if you have to. Yeah, yeah whatever you need to do, go on that experience. That was uh, put it on f- the credit card. Yeah, so whatever. It takes. Make it happen. Oh yeah. Um, well, let's finish up talking about. You know, we got a lot of distilleries now in this bourbon craze that have these, you know, special releases. Even Wild Turkey, you know, has their master's keep and all mm-hmm. of this. But Four Roses does only one. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. It's, it's only the one every year, right? Right. Bef- uh, as of 2016, there's only one. Before that, they used to do two special releases a year. They had okay. a limited edition small batch, which just still exists. And they also had a uh, limited edition single barrel. Oh, they did. Which yeah. Brent Elliott only did one of. Yeah. An OESK. And uh, OESK. And that one's stopped. really bad, too. So don't ever buy that. Is it yeah. bad? No. No. <laughs> no. It's, it's freaking amazing. It's really good. Okay, you got me. But there's multiple barrels of it. So, okay. you know, like with, with the rest of Four Roses, there are some that are a little bit more highly sought after than others. We, may, we talked about tiers earlier, and, you know, tiers don't really mean much. Uh, one of the things that Al Young told me when we were hanging out at Poison Girl, I, I brought up the tier stuff. And he um, mentioned. Humble brag. If he, uh, if he, if you went into a pick and asked for a tier six barrels, he would have laughed you out of four roses. Really, um, people do that? Yes, because they, they, because they believe the hype. They think tier six is is god tier and tier one is rat tier, and like nobody wants to drink the peasant <laughs> That's not tier. True. Um, and it's 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 not true. You know that the only thing that guarantees you from tier six is that's going to be higher proof. Yeah, but other than that, you're not guaranteed anything. And uh, you know, um, on that note, the one of the more recent OBSK runs, the KE sixty three, um, the six tiers, oh. most of them are are, are trash. They're really com- 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 comparably, you know, like riding a well broken in horse at the lower tiers to trying to break in a wild stallion. Yeah, like it's just it's just too much. It, it, it's 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 hot. It's it's a little bit unbalanced. You know, when you compare it to so other whiskeys, it's still very very good, but. Compared to other OBSKs, it really just doesn't hit. It just it it, it it tastes unbalanced to me. Okay, so since 2016, they started their small batch limited release. Oh, but well, well before that. I mean, oh, it was before in, that. In 08, there was a marriage, a, lot of, a lot of people call it marriage, right? marriage. Okay, um, which originally under so they've been Rutledge doing it for a while. Was, yeah, it, it started out as a blend of like two or three recipes. And expanding upon what they're doing today, where they'll take in five, six recipes, different ages. Well, I think they, I think they yeah. limited to four now, though, right? I think it's only four recipes. I think per... it just depends on the year. The last couple have been the only. I think only yeah. four. So talk about how special these bottles are, and how uh, limited, obviously by name, but also by availability. Well, I, th- I think in, in terms of limited. Yeah, I think they do, they do a U.S. release, a U.K. release. I think there may be like fifteen thousand bottles in each, so they're they're gettable. Um, but I think limited. What I would describe it as is that, you know, from Jim to Brent, I think each master distiller is trying to do a really great job of 
showing what they can do with a blend of recipes and yeast strains to accentuate different notes of bourbon each year. And so you go from, you know, 2019, which was, you know, very OESV forward to 2020, which was more as a OBSK and then blending in different aspects of the recipes in a way that uh, really, I mean, going back to 08 to the mariage marriage is you're just marrying these recipes together with very special barrels in a way to accentuate what the distillery's capabilities are from year to year. And so they don't try to be consistent. They try to showcase like, Hey, last year we were going for this. This year we're going to go for something completely different and we're going to try and do it the best way that we can. And so that, which makes it fun from the enthusiast point of view, you don't Mm -hmm. want, well, 21 had a lot of Q in it. Uh, yeah, a lot of and, and, yeah. and guess what? It's freaking which good. That RS24 was very berry forward. Yeah. Which was off profile for that recipe, I would say. And very enjoyable. Yeah. So I, I, I remember being very underwhelmed by the 18, which was the 130th. To me, that's my least favorite. Okay, I, you're not alone. Out of all, okay, yeah. okay, which kind of surprised me. I didn't know if it was just me or what I might be missing there because 130th. I thought it should be well, something I, I that think, would wow me, but uh, I mean, what I would say is that a lot of times with four roses, you can get caught in a situation where you downplay how great the bourbon is by comparing it to others, and so I, I would have to say like. 2018, 130th anniversary, having it on its own, first pour of the night, phenomenal pour. But when you're comparing against other years of the Small Batch Limited Edition, you know, it it can be kind of unfair to compare in some ways. And that's fair enough. That's a great point. Well, similar to, like, the same run, right? So you may have a PS26 5i, and then you taste a barrel from a couple barrels down, and you're like, well, this one's horrible compared to this one. But on their own, they're both phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. and we right. see that a lot, right? Well, and, that's that's the the in, innately like blind comparisons. They're great to they're great fun, but like you can really like totally shit on like one a of great the bores, bourbon. A, a great bourbon just because you're comparing it against side legendary side, yeah. bourbons, right. you know, and, and so and at the end of the day, you got to realize that the pick team just picked the best thing that was in front of them that day. And, and that, so you can you can say this pick sucks compared to this one, but it was the best thing that was there that day. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's your only yeah. like in our experience, the last pick that we did, um, you and I, Rob. Uh, the O's were trash. Yeah, they were just not good. They weren't in compared our top to the three. Others. Yeah, yeah. It, compared to what we had, com- compared to what I'm used to when yeah. I when I have like an OBSO or an OESO. Yeah. So I was like. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a no. We yeah. were surprised that those were the O's, and they were, were like, and they ranked big, like low. even in the rank of like the ten recipes, they were definitely toward the bottom. It was, well, somebody's some barrels got to be at the bottom. Somebody's yeah. got to be at the top. Well, and also, you know, the crazy thing about your palate is it's always affected by why you just drank. So yeah. if you had drank that first, it might have been a magical pour, but because you drank it after maybe like a K that was very very spicy. It just doesn't drink as well. And that's that's always why I had to pick. Some people are like, we'll always go in order. 
but I'm a big fan of, of kind of going all over the place, starting if I go in order one way, the next time I go through the lineup, I want to go through it backwards or yeah. mixing around because you can get a little bit biased and your palate can get affected by what you just drink. Okay. So when you say you jump around, like for me, I, I jump around. I think you do too, Carter, but it's based on nose because I'll nose first and then I'll kind of go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, uh, but I also course. think it's like different people have strengths. And like I would say my nose if I'm nosing with Carter, I'll pick up similar notes, but he'll have them much more pronounced. He'll pick up those notes earlier, whereas I may pick up more refined notes on the, the palate and finish. And so you guys may, hey, the nose is most important to me. For me, I'd rather have the best finish with a yeah average nose rather than a great nose with a short finish. No, 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 and I agree with you. I'm just saying it's a starting point for oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'll go, if it's an underwhelming nose, to your point, I might want to start with that one, thinking it's going to be maybe lower proof or something mm-hmm. like that, versus starting with what I might think is a, a higher proof. Well, what I, what I always do is, I, you know, and you know my process is I, like, have a nose winner, and then I have a palate finish winner. And I try and, like, kind of line them up. You know, like, what, what really, like, you know, you get it down to, like, the top three of each. And then you just kind of you just kind of go from there, you know. And then, then it's just a feel. Yeah, you you got to kick out the slouches first, and then focus on the, the shining stars. Yes. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, so limited editions once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fall with the allocation season, or is it different? Uh, I mean, with COVID, summer. it's yeah. It's, I mean, everything's kind of delayed, you know. So with COVID, you know, supply chain shortages. But I mean, is. in a in a normal year. You know, we think allocation yeah, say, starts sometime, you know, early November. And yeah. is it, is it, when yeah, do you I'll, expect, I'll Ellie, somewhere between November and the end of the year it comes early out? Early fall, early fall. Early fall. Uh, yeah, I was going to say early. early. Yeah, a little yeah. bit okay. earlier than the Buffalo October. D- different timing than what you're thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Here's my last question as we close out the show. I have an opinion on this. So. Well, you can't ask no. another question after this. Okay, we won't. All right. <laughs> Rare breed kind of. Every so many years, you see them kind of changing the batch, and the proof will change a little bit, 112.2, 109, whatever, and it's 116.8, and there's rumblings that they're getting ready to come out with a, a new version of it mm-hmm. that's going to be yeah, around 120. While. Yeah, so they're, they're due. I'm of the opinion that I, I understand that Small Batch Select has six recipes, and it's the same six recipes every time. But I would, I'm hoping that there will become a, a period of time where he goes, time to change it up. Well, I mean, you got to think also, Wild Turkey, what you're comparing to is just one mash bill. It's just different proof. But this is just one mash bill, too. It's the same six recipes every time. Well, I mean, <laughs> technically, yes, but it's a blend. I mean, well, so is. And so there could be different barrels into. Yeah, but we're, you're comparing high rye, low rye. I, I'm not trying to compare them like one-to-one. I'm just saying as an example. Yeah, I think I you're would, saying the finished product is yes, essentially. Uh, instead of these six recipes, how about playing with, let's take these two out and add two more. That's what the small batch limited edition is. No, it's not. It is. No, 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 I know it is, but it's not as good. I'm not going to. This is not accessible. Well, yeah. Right. I'm right. not going to get that ever. So. It, w- it would be. I'm talking of- about. When I go to the store, you know, my... Well, there's one right there. Can I keep that? <laughs> it's not mine. Oh. Is it's that mine? mine? Oh, is that yours? Yeah. Um, you know, because I go to the store, my, my favorite pour probably is the small batch select. And I do like it. 
But I, I'm it's it's yeah, it's a great quality pour. And I'm hoping that, you know, the nerd in me goes, I like this, but I would like it to maybe down the road, let's change it up a little bit. Let's see what well, else. I get can what you're saying. It. So like if you tweaked it very small because <clears throat> they prove it to one oh four every time. Yep. So you could say, Hey, you can continue to do the same six recipes, pull from the same side of the warehouse, et cetera, et cetera, but just do batch proof. That would be one thing where you would say, "Hey, each year it might go from 104 to 114." I would. That would be good. And there, there would also be similar to like ECBP, where it's not a single barrel product, but you have four releases. You know, like, like a Three releases, yeah, right. And so one thing, and, I, I like and, that. And if, if somebody if somebody acts upon us at Four Roses, I definitely want my royalties. <laughs> uh, but yeah. I think that's that's something that. Something the like enthusiast that. and the nerd and all of us would be like, I can't wait to look forward to the next release of Small Batch Select because it's going to be different than the previous batch. And and, and I think Agreed. in the bourbon world today, the majority of people who are into bourbon think that way. Correct. Not yeah. not like our old you know because they gra- want to do comparisons. Our grandpas used to be. I want my product, and I don't want it to change. We're, yeah. we're no longer in that world. the same every time. You do? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, sorry. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going along with you. That's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So That's I think the nerds in us go, I'm excited to go. Yeah. What's going to be from different? A, from a business standpoint, I get it. They, I get they it. Need, consistency is is king. You know, yeah. like, I totally and that's, get it. And that's why they blend, and that's why math. Well, variation how, could also be king because it could drive people to seek out new releases. That's what I As think. opposed to... The consistency, which says, if I have a bottle, I don't need another one. But I also don't know how much of their their uh, market is here versus still in, in Europe and Asia. Well, yeah. and, and but more so than that, where you're where they're really making their money is is on premise. Okay. So and that's every distillery like that. That's if you're on premise, that's where you're making your money. So okay. they need, let's say, they're using a like small batch like for a cocktail. They need a cocktail that tastes the same every time they make it with small yeah. batch select. They don't need they don't need you to change up the recipe on small batch select and you make that same cocktail well, I, and it I, tastes different. I want them to use small the batch for the cocktails and leave my small batch select to be changed up. For sure. No, I'm kidding. I'm, no. I'm just being. I mean, like, okay, so. I, I would enjoy that change. I yeah. would, too. All the nerds would. I would too, but like based on the business idea, you know, consistency, you you you've got to. Go and I out get and, that. You I know, sell I, a consistent I, product. If you know, Wild Turkey One Hundred and One, get it? It's it's consistent every. But I like part. the uh, the ECBP like type comparison. I do like that a lot because it's consistent for that quarter. I mean, you should. It was my you know, this uh, my comparison. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. humble brag. <laughs> No, it, it, it's, yeah. a, it's, it's a good idea, but uh, but anyway, yeah. All right, I don't have any more questions. I do, but I'm not allowed to ask them, so we're, we're done. Yeah, I think it's dinner time. It is dinner time. Rob, thank you for having us out, man. It's been a God, very enjoyable you. evening. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. I had a lot of fun talking about this yeah. because we'll do, uh, we'll, this is just uh, part one, part two, fourth. Quarter. I like the way you think, Leo. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Definitely back for more Four Roses, but this, I think this will be uh, a series. I think we might be able to come up with some other topics too. Whether yeah. it's, I know nothing about tequila and mezcal, mm-hmm. but I would like to oh, yeah, uh, like kind of get into that and talk to the right. We know we've done some rum of, episodes, we've done some other barrels. spirits. That's a spirit I want to do, yeah, uh, but haven't done yet. Oh, so plus I, agave. I mean, I didn't know you two guys were into that as well. I, I knew you were a big. Well, thanks to Louise. 
Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big agave. That was, that was, that was my first love in spirits. I didn't know that. Mezcal, I heard you say that earlier. Mezcal yeah. and, and yeah. tequila. So and there's a future episode called. Oh, absolutely, man. Start out with some ranch waters. Heck yeah. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. I had a lot of fun with that Welcome. conversation. Thank you for having Cheers. us. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Food, Wine, and Whiskey in Your Own Backyard. And until our next episode, enjoy your next pour. And drink four roses. That was fun. Sorry to keep you guys waiting. <laughs>